if we just do stuff together, then they learn how. And there's this tight loop of modeling and trying it. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Chief Marketing Officer. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. So, Andrew, today, Unit 6, I know this is one of your favorite units because it's on the more factual side. Well, it also kind of solves the problem of how to teach kids to do research and write reports mm -hmm. and, and avoid that horrific note card pile and research project that took six, eight weeks. And, sure. you know, people got in one into the shoot and made it out the other and had no idea what they actually did. Right. Well, I remember doing one of those reports. I think the first one I did, I think I was in fifth grade. And the next one I did, I was in seventh grade. So I, my first one was on raccoons because that's my favorite animal. Really? Don't ask me why. I think raccoons are so cute. Gosh, and they now I know hands. what to get you for your birthday. <laughs> no, please don't get me a raccoon. A pet raccoon <laughs> in a cage. But I do remember getting the books and writing the little note cards and definitely being overwhelmed with the process. Every student in the class picked a different animal to do a report right. on. And I know you have a story of a teacher kind of using that idea of every student picking their own topic and trying to do a unit Right, and that's why I think a lot of teachers kind of just assume that for this to be interesting or to for this to be valid, mm -hmm. every student has to choose their own whatever, mm -hmm. animal, country, president, explorer, whatever, mm -hmm. and then they have to figure this all out on their own and, you know, that may or may not work. I think the story that you are imagining, which I experienced, was when I was, I was living in Idaho and I was working with the Pasco, Washington School District. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had been down there a lot. I had trained every teacher in the elementary, which in their district went up through grade five, I believe. Okay. Maybe grade six. Mm. But... They were really trying hard, but one of the things about PASCO is it has a very high percentage of second language learners. Mm -hmm. There's a an agricultural kind of migrant population that kind of comes and goes. Sure. They have a very high turnover rate in the school. So it's a difficult teaching situation for the teachers. But they were, you know, they were open-minded. They had been to trainings. I had gone in to do demonstration classes, and I was making another trip mm -hmm. down to Pasco. And one of the teachers found out I was coming. Oh, would you please, please come to my class? We're trying to do Unit 6, and it's really, it's tough. It's mm -hmm. not going great. Mm -hmm. And so 
I thought, wow, this is fantastic. A, a teacher who made it to Unit 6. That's, <laughs> that's right there, a, a joy. And so uh, we scheduled that, and I came in, and her situation was basically where she had kind of tried to show the kids how to do it all mm -hmm. and then encouraged them to choose a president. Mm -hmm. And she had a classroom set of little paperbacks that were like presidents of the United States or something. Sure. And it had, you know, a chapter, short chapter about all the presidents. Mm -hmm. And then she had got them to the library where they had got other books that had information about their president or a book that was specific to their president. Mm, nice. So all the kids had a nice little stack of three books on their desktop. And this was really pre-internet days. So... It wasn't a case where she was having to deal with kids just Googling information and sure. cutting and pasting and all that. But she'd been at this a couple weeks, and all the kids were basically just kind of floundering. They didn't know what to do, and she kept trying to re-explain what to do, mm. and it just wasn't working. Mm -hmm. And so she was frustrated. Mm -hmm. Rightly so. Sure. So when I figured out the problem, I said, okay, I will do what I can and you will get through this. You will make it through. But next year. Next year. Do it differently. Mm -hmm. Don't have every kid choose their own president. You choose one president. Mm -hmm. Don't have every kid with a different pile of books. You choose three source texts. One of the problems with second language learners is very often they pick a book from the library because maybe they can read the title, but then they discover <laughs> it's really sure. hard to use. Sure. So you choose the source texts and get them to be at or below the reading level of the students. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, you may even have to write some down to their level. I'm not sure, but... What you need to do is you need to have everyone with the same president, the same set of source text, you choose the same topic, and you walk them through this, you know, line by line. You just do the whole first topic together. together. Yep. That's the only way they're really going to kind of get it. Y mm -hmm. You can explain this 10 more times, and it's still not going to click. Right. They need to do it with you. Right. And then once you've got that one topic, yeah, everybody's paragraph is going to be very similar in its content. Mm -hmm. No, it's it's fine. Mm -hmm. You're not looking at the product. You're looking at the process. You've said that That's before. That's <laughs> what you're teaching. <laughs> then you'll do the same president with a second topic mm. and give them a little bit less help. Like do the source outlines together, right? So a short little outline from two or three, four different sources, whatever you have, and then let them try the fused outline part and write up from the fused outline. So you give them, you know, not quite as much help, but you're still doing it together and everyone's pretty much doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Then you've got a second paragraph. Then you've got a third topic. This time, don't do the source outlines together see if they can create the source outlines and the fused outline and write that paragraph and then just run around and help everybody if they're stuck. Yep. And now you'll have three paragraphs 
that are on three topics all about the same president. Nice. Yep. Save those. Mm -hmm. Those are going to be the body paragraphs for your first unit eight Eight. assignment. And if you've got that all done and you have any time or energy left over, then maybe give them all a chance to learn about a different president and try that process themselves. Yep. But, yep. you know, we I think very often we just make the mistake of assuming if we explain something, everybody should be able to do it. And then when they can't, we're frustrated, they're frustrated, everybody's frustrated. Yep. Whereas if we just do stuff together, mm-hmm. then they learn how. And there's this tight loop of modeling and trying it. And then... The teaching goes much, much better, especially when you're dealing with a population for whom English is difficult to begin with. Exactly, exactly. Now, I'm sitting here listening to the story, and I know you said several times, explain the process, do the process together, work through the process. And I'm trying to decide whether or not to ask you to explain the process because we don't have a lot of time. Right, well— All of this is explained in detail, of course, in our teacher training course. And we're not assuming that people are going to just listen to the podcast and be like, oh, now I know everything about teaching Unit 6. But, (laughs) you know, for people who are new to our system, Unit 6 is kind of an expansion of Unit 4 where we teach the idea of topic-based paragraphs. Mm -hmm. You have a subject. You divide it into topics. You make a keyword outline from not all the facts available on a topic, but some of the facts. That's why it's called summarizing. And that's unit four. And that's unit four. So unit six adds a complexity of having more than one source of information with too many facts. Mm -hmm. Now you have several sources of information with too many facts. Yes. So it's kind of like you're going to choose your topics, go to your source text, Choose three to five facts on that topic from that source text. And again, it doesn't matter how many are there. There could be five. There could be 10. There could be 50. There could be 500. It doesn't matter how many facts are available. You choose three to five. Three to five. And going to the unit four criterion idea, what's interesting, important, or if the kids can understand the idea, relevant to the whole. Mm -hmm. And so you can do two or more source outlines. Mm -hmm. And then you have the added step of creating a fused outline from the source outlines where you kind of choose the best of the best. Mm -hmm. And then once you've got the fused outline, that's where you stick the word clincher down at the bottom and then you write a paragraph from the outline. You know, one of the things, and, and people who are not yet familiar with our system, one of the things that people assume is that Kids should be able to make outlines on their own and that the writing from the outline is harder. In my experience, it's actually the opposite. Exactly. Once you've got the outline, writing that into sentences isn't the hardest part of the task. The harder part is collecting up, deciding what to use, organizing into a logical sequence, and creating the outline. So that's where the more modeling is going to benefit more greatly. Yep. And if you're in Unit 6, that kind of indicates you've done 
units one and two and three and four and five. Yes. So at this point, looking at a keyword outline and thinking how to make that into sentences, this is something that is well practiced. Mm -hmm. It's the new element of how to create the outline that is where the most help and modeling will be of the greatest benefit. Yep. So I know as you were describing the teacher's the teacher that you worked with in Pasco, that was many, many years ago. And she was pretty much forced to come up with her own source text. And of course, today we've helped teachers by creating contrived source texts. And that was one of the very first things that Webster created mm-hmm. was the mini books. Yes. And we use the elephant mini books, mm-hmm. of course, in the TWSS. For years, you know, I used sets of mini books as source texts for the student writing intensive, which yes. of course is now retired yes. happily and replaced with much, much better. Mm-hmm. And we have all the theme-based books. Yes. And so the idea for the mini books and the contrived source texts that we provide for Unit 6 mm-hmm isn't to replace the library or replace what someone might call real sources. Mm -hmm. These are contrived to make it easy for you to teach the process. So, you know, if this teacher had, I think, used mini books with animals instead of presidents, Mm -hmm. she could have taught the process more easily. Mm -hmm. And the mini books, and of course, all of our source texts come at, They're written at a grade level that is hopefully appropriate to the target audience. And you just can't be sure about books and internet sources and things. In fact, I was helping a granddaughter Mm. write a report. Oh, nice, Andrew. Last night. Aww. (laughs) And it wasn't unit six. It was more unit four. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's very young. She's just reading pretty simple, just turned eight. And she wanted to write about St. Monica, Mm. who is the mother of St. Augustine. Mm. And the problem was that all of the internet sources that I found were way above her reading level. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so we're just slogging through, slogging through. So, you know, I basically just read each sentence to her. Mm Mm-hmm and said, do you like this one? Mm -hmm. And if she said yes, then I would make the outline. Mm -hmm. And then once we had five (laughs) five sentences, then she could write those into sentences. Right. And, of course, the harder to spell words were there, all ready to go in the outline. Nice. And so she got a little taste of the process. Mm -hmm. We, We had done it before with some other thing a few months ago. And she got a little taste of the process. And then the result was she felt like, yes, this was my little report on this person. Yes. And she was very happy and proud. And for her, mostly it was remembering to, because she's writing in cursive. Oh, my. Dot her I's and cross her T's and figure out periods and remember to make a capital at the Mm -hmm. beginning of the sentence. Mm -hmm. And, And the funny thing was, too, she said to me, can you just tell me how to spell the words because if I look at it, 
and then I look away, <laughs> I forget it. I thought that was so smart. Yes. Because yes. she would start to write the word. And so I did. I'd spell the words for her while she was writing, especially yes. some of the Well, with cursive, she doesn't have ones. to lift up her pen. Right. Yeah. And and so looking away at the outline yeah. and whatnot. But uh, she's going to do great. She's yeah. going to, you know, and at that age, a little bit mm-hmm. goes a long ways. Right. You know how when you're young and you do something you know how to do it for your whole life. You you go fishing two times with mm-hmm. your grandpa mm-hmm. when you're seven years old. You know how to fish. That's right. If you don't do it when you're young, then you never really get that same level of confidence. So it's a delight to have kind of a low-stress way to help a granddaughter write a little report yeah. on a person. Yeah. So you had mentioned that the process with this teacher that you were recommending, it sounds like very different from the one report that I did in fifth grade and the other report that I did. You're recommending that they do multiple Right. In fact, when I teach projects. the unit six, when I introduce it on the TWSS, I, I assume I said, because I usually say, you know, what we want to do is we want to be able to do a complete research project mm-hmm. in two, two and a half hours, mm-hmm. beginning to end, mm-hmm. total amount of time. Now, it will be very short, yes, like one, one paragraph, paragraph. <laughs> but if we can get that done, mm-hmm. then we go through the whole process. Then we can go through the whole process again, yes. go through the whole process again, and you can spend your however much time you have, six, seven, eight, ten hours or whatever you're going to squeeze out of three or four weeks of doing unit six. Right. You can do that process many times. And understand the process yes. so that when you're older and someone says, now you have to write this great, huge, long thing, you understand that a great, huge, long thing is really just a whole bunch of short things and you can knock it off one paragraph at a time. Yep, exactly. So I have recently had the assignment from our curriculum team to write some Unit 6 source texts. And This is for curriculum that we're selling. Just two examples that I'm going to share and then a third one. Wonders of Science, I wrote the Unit 6 source text that they, of course, massaged and edited and make sure that it fit appropriately. But I learned so much as I was writing about these. And What were you writing about? Well, Nikola Tesla Uh was one of my people. Einstein. Right. Which is really interesting today because there's a lot more conversation about Einstein and what he did and did not do. And then also Maria Talkas, uh, the sun goddess. She's the one that was one of the pioneers of solar yeah. energy. So these were, I did not know anything about the sun, the sun queen. I think that's what she's called, the sun queen. That's probably better. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea who she was and what she did and how solar actually first started had nothing to do with these flat glass panels. They were you know, basically a way to heat up water and salt and that powered things. Right. So I just find, and I think this extends onto what now as the students are writing about these and using the wonders of science curriculum, they're learning a lot more about this topic because they're writing about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, I get a lot of letters Mm -hmm. from kids, Mm -hmm. sometimes more than I can keep up with (laughs) in terms of answering them. Because, you know, I have to I have to be careful to include dress-ups and openers. Yes, and I suppose you do. <laughs> I have to write neatly and be a good example for these children. But one of the common themes mm-hmm. that kids will tell me, you know, other than 
you know, I like your program or mm -hmm. your jokes are good mm -hmm. or, <laughs> you know, the other kids in the class are funny is I enjoy learning about mm -hmm. and then they'll say a few of their favorite subject. Yeah, yeah. Like the hooded pitahui. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a, an actual poisonous bird. Right. Or Bactrian camels mm -hmm. are the difference between the, the dromedaries and the Bactrians. Right. So it's interesting how they will point out to me certain little obscure things that they really enjoyed from, say, the whole course. Right. And it just reminds me of the fact that knowing stuff is fun. Yes. Right? I mean, yes. you learned about Tesla and Einstein and well, Telkus, and now you know more, and you're happy. Exactly. I am happy. And so the other book I wanted to recommend or comment on is our new book that we did in partnership with Hillsdale College K-12 program. Mm -hmm. And this is Adventures in Writing. And we only have two unit six assignments in that because it's you know, it's a beginning. Beginning, right. Yeah. So I wrote about... Grade the, three, four, right? Yeah. So two topics. I had two different subjects, two different assignments. The Roanoke Native Americans. And that I didn't really talk much about the mystery there, just mostly focused on the Native Americans and how they lived and that... Well, the mystery was like how the colony completely just... Disappeared, right? right. And yeah. I did, but I didn't get into that because that was too big for this level. Right. But the way they fished, you know, they lit fires in their canoes. And I mean, this was fascinating to me that, of course, if it's fascinating to me, I'm sure that the kids are going <laughs> to love this too. So I include that. And, and But then the other source text I wrote for Adventures in Writing, and again, these were massaged and, and made to work well in the book, so they're not necessarily my writing anymore, but was the Mayflower. And why that was of interest to me is because I'm descended from people on the Mayflower and that ship was so small, Andrew. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that the boats that we grew up sailing when we were teenagers in Southern California were not much smaller than the Mayflower. Okay, maybe a little bit, but very tiny and to have mm -hmm. over 100 people on there. Yeah. And it just, and the the winds and the waves and battered, and that comes out, of course, in the, and I the latest one that I'm working on right now, and what I love about this, and listener, you may be hearing my enthusiasm, I am learning so much about American history, the French and Indian War. Right. It was the French fighting the Indians. No, that's not what it is at all. No, it was the French and the Indians. Fighting the British and the Indians. Yes. So there's another piece to that. It's like, okay, well, how did this all work? And basically the thread of George Washington and where he got started. Right. And then I just learned this, and this is not in the source text, but I just learned that there's a discrepancy of how old he was. Was he 21 when he was you know, going to the Ohio Valley and trying to resolve this conflict by taking over the area for the British? Or was he 22? Because... Well, that's not a huge difference. Well, it's not a huge difference, but the reason why there's this discrepancy, even though this happened 300 years ago, was the Gregorian calendar. The oh. way time was tracked, you could give a defense that he was 22. You could give a defense he was 21. So we went with 22, and hopefully people won't take issue with it. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in today's world... You can't really say anything yes. without somebody yes. challenging that. It's yes. pretty tough. That's why I think older encyclopedias are handy to have. Right, around, exactly. You know? Well, you know who's else learning a lot about these topics? 
my husband. Oh, because I can't, you're talking about I'm it. I'm telling him, did you know? Did you know? And he actually enjoys history himself. And so he'll say, well, yes, I knew that, but I didn't know. So, But I think it underscores the fact that knowing things, mm-hmm. and in particular, writing about things, yes. that's what brings it to life. Yes. You know, I've had so many cases where I knew a story, or I knew this poem, or I knew information, but when I had to write it, then it was like I had to understand it at a completely, I don't know, more solid, mm-hmm. deeper, more meaningful. Yep. And children have this same experience. Yep. I want to mention, because I didn't mention this, I don't want our listeners to be confused. I talked about wonders of science. That was the Einstein kind of like electricity theme. Right. Then I talked about adventures in writing. And then discoveries in writing was the third one where we're talking about George Washington and oh. the French and Indian War. So Right. And this is part of our new series right. that is aligned with the Hillsdale K-12, K-12 curriculum yep. map. Yeah, but they're really available fun. to any, yes, anybody, absolutely. homeschool, absolutely. other schools, any school. Any final comments about Unit 6 as we're wrapping this up? Well, you know, a lot of people are kind of worried that somehow what we do is not sophisticated enough mm. for older students, mm. like middle school or high school students. But <laughs> I had an interesting experience right here in this building. One of the students that made videos with us, okay, great. Lydia. Okay, great. And she was in the level B, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And a couple years after that was all finished, now she's in high school. Mm-hmm. She's... Sit, college. She's sitting in the commons area here mm-hmm. in the office because her dad works here. Mm-hmm. And she has a big 11 by 17 sheet of paper mm-hmm. and a couple books and a pile of printed out stuff. And she's using this 11 by 17 sheet of paper exactly the same way that we did in the unit six lessons. Right. For structure and style for students, we show how to use that and big piece of paper. So I stopped by. I said, oh, what are you working on? And she says, I have to write a speech. And I said, oh, so you're you're using the Unit 6 idea mm-hmm. to write your speech? She goes, of course. <laughs> and to me, that's kind of a nice little answer yes, because, yes. well, that's the way she learned to do it. Yes. But it's totally scalable. Yes. You can do it with fourth grade kids. Yes. You can also use that method for advanced high school or college writing. And the paper management system is the external representation of what gradually becomes internalized Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in terms of this way to collect up facts from various places and then prioritize and organize into a fused set of facts. Right. And then write from that and just do it one topic at a time. And so I've had many experiences where the things that we taught to kids when they were younger yes. were still being used by them. Yes. Not even because there was a requirement, but because that was the way they learned and is still the best way it's they know. Yep. To do it. So I just encourage everyone, don't think that anything in our syllabus 
is too simplistic. Mm -hmm. It can be done and used from the earlier grades all the way up through advanced levels, even graduate level research in school. Absolutely. Uh, There's that application of the methodology of thinking through things. Yep. And that's a lifetime gift. Yep. Well, thank you, Andrew. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcasts. Here you can also find show notes and relevant links from today's broadcast. One last thing. Would you mind going to iTunes to rate and review our podcast? This really helps other smart, caring listeners like you find us. Thanks so much.